1: Hello and welcome to Wondering to Cologne. It's the Europa's Open Walls fancast and. That journey has sadly come to an end. Wolves are out of the Europa League after a 1-0 defeat to Sevilla. This evening, it's straight after the match. It's bloody hot. I don't know if any of us are going to sleep in, in general anyway because of this heat on this Tuesday night in the middle of August. Uh, joining me on the Zoom line, uh, trying to be not as deflated as myself, uh, got Jordan. Evening, Jordan. Evening. Adam.
2: Didn't want to win Europa League anyway. No.
1: (laughs) And Roy as well. Evening, Roy. Evening. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to obviously talk about that game and just break it down for everybody. We're also going to do a bit of a quick kind of our favourite moments and memories from what has been a fantastic uh, European campaign for Wolves. Uh, But gents, let's start things off. 1-0 defeat um, to Sevilla Campus, who we were told about before the game, getting that header in the 88th minute to give Sevilla the win. But... I think, uh, Ad, I'll come to you first. It kind of felt like, given how we were set up,
2: that was probably coming. Uh, you could kind of see it from, I wouldn't say right from the very start of the game. And we had a <clears throat> we had a fairly good spell for the first, I don't know, ten fifteen minutes or so, penalty included. And then uh, certainly after the the penalty. The pendulum swung to Sevilla and the pendulum never moved from there really for the rest of the game. I mean, to be fair, you've only got stats on everything, but when you do look at the stats of the game, you see just how much um, percentage of the ball that Sevilla had. I think they had, I think they finished on like 14, 15 corners. We didn't get one. Uh, we didn't have a shot on target after the penalty. So. I mean, you put it all together and I think that, uh, I mean, we'll probably get into a bit more debate shortly about whether we were outclassed because of quality or tactics from our, heart, our behalf, but ultimately we were pretty much outplayed, what I was saying, and I can't, you can't have any complaints about the results given, you know, how the, how the game went, Um and I think, you know, as, as I said before, I said in the podcast previous to this one that we're playing a team that are course and distance for the, the Europa League. They've won it so many times, three on the trot. And I think part of that show tonight, to be honest, against a team, who just know what to do at this level. Uh,
1: ryo what's your kind of, before we kind of break Maury down to it, what's your kind of overall thoughts on the game? Are you kind of disappointed? Are you just kind of, oh, well, you know, stay la vie, we've had a, a, a great adventure. What was your kind of immediate thoughts afterwards?
3: Um... I- both, I guess, really Dis- disappointed, and I think you referenced being deflated, and that's probably the, the general mood I would describe myself in. But um, philosophical, absolutely, because as as I'd sort of described there, you know, the stats don't lie in terms of how the game went, um, and and as I say, we'll we'll perhaps go into detail with, with that. But in terms of how I feel. Going into the game, I was really excited, very nervous, you know, realising the enormity of this game and the implications it could have for the future of the club and and this season, and it's been such a long ride. But I don't feel aggrieved because ultimately the best team won. So whilst I'm disappointed, it's not one where I feel like we've been hard done by um, or I'll stew on it for too long because the best team won comfortably um, in the end, although the scoreline doesn't suggest that. I think really was pretty much one-way traffic in the second half. So deflated, but um, yeah, pretty philosophical about it because I think in the context of the game, um, I can't argue that it was the fair result. And at this
1: stage, they are a better side than we are. George, do you think that the penalty miss from Jimenez, which was, of course, his first miss, in, club, in his club career, I think he scored 21 penalties in club career so far, and obviously that was his first miss. So do you think that was the turning point, or do you think perhaps, even if we'd scored that, the result may still have gone the way it did?
0: I just think at this level, fine margins kill you, yeah? mm. and that, that's the truth of it, and... Um... He was always going to miss one at some point. He just had to miss it tonight, didn't he? Which is just, you know, unfortunate. And then, you know, you can say what you want about the VAR and all that sort of stuff. Ultimately, you know, and for me, you know, Raul from 12 yards out, he, he back, you know, he puts that in 99 times out of 100. And yeah, you know, the defender's encroached and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, got like I say, like, at this level you got to take it, I mean, you know, we've got a golden chance and um, if we'd have had something to hold on to, I felt that we were very comfortable even though, you know, Seville had a lot of the ball and um, they didn't really penetrate us is probably the word to use and I think that we sort of lost our way when we went to the 3-4-3 and I know I've been banging on for the, in the league, you know, taking the league campaign into it that we should play 3-4-3 and go at teams and um, it sort of, you know, we kept it tight and cagey and I think that probably suited us, but I think we lost a little bit of, um, I suppose, a little bit of control in the game for ourselves. Really, And I know it sounds daft because we we didn't have the ball, but you know we, we controlled our shape, and you know they didn't, they never really played through us at any point um, when we were playing three five two. And I think that Nuno's ultimately um, twisted. Um, and we've you know we've come and stuck to like like say like like goal so it's a bit of a sucker punch, mm. um, but you've got to just take you know the campaign as a whole and look at it out of isolation the European campaign away from the league campaign you know it's our first European campaign in a very long time and um, you've got to be proud that we come in the top eight really you know or the last eight should I say against some some teams that have been you know well have got a massive pedigree in Europe so you know you've got to think what might have been but ultimately we've caught short tonight and that's the way it goes sometimes I'm
1: going to kind of open this question out to the group do you think perhaps we gave Severe a bit too much um, credit as it were going to the game we you know like Adam mentioned we, we we didn't have a shot on target apart from the penalty we didn't seem to try and go for it yes I think you can argue obviously Sevier's defensive record is very good but It just felt like as the game game went on, we just thought, right, let's just defend and let's just hope either we get that other chance which never happened, or we can do something in extra time if Severe themselves start to tire out. What do we think perhaps was it just that Severe were too good or was there a mixture of perhaps we could have we perhaps gave them a bit too much courtesy of of the standard who they are?
2: I think there's um uh, sorry, I was just gonna say. I think I think there's, there's a couple of things at play here, and I think one, and Wolves are a we're a counter-attacking side anyway. That's that's how we set up. So we never don't we never seem to take games on on the front foot, and you know our first half starts kind of bear that out over the course of the season. And secondly, Severe are just a really good team. You, you can't you, you can't really deny that because um they've always been kind of the best of the rest after Barca and, and the two Madrid teams. Um, and I said, they've, they've got form for this competition and they, they've come into this match in um, really good form. I think, what was it, they haven't lost in 18 and they've kept a clean sheet in the last seven or eight games, some, something like that anyway, from what I can remember. So we was always had an uphill task. Um, and naturally, we play our counter-attacking game, but I mean, that... <laughs> Unfortunately, it means that we have to we have to get the ball off Severe at some point, which we didn't do that. But we didn't do that very often. Unfortunately, when we did, we were quick to kind of give it away. Um, so I wish we could have took the took the, the bit more of a front foot on the game. But sometimes you have to just hold your hands up and say we're up against like just an opponent who so on on this day where we're better than us in, in in all areas. So I wouldn't. Have, yes, we kind of do give teams respect. In the fact, that's how we naturally set up, but I just think, again, I just think it was up against so a really quality opposition.
1: I think Roy was about to say there that not only should have Wolves won, but he's got a go, Frank, isn't he? Yeah. Roy's going to be in the full-on, no, we should have won this game. How dare you, Nuno, be negative again?
3: Yeah, no, I think I think for me, I don't think you could play another way you know, taking into account the opposition um, and, 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 and as that sort of reference there, you know, we, we are effectively a counter-attack side, although we perhaps are not as ultra-defensive mode for, for want of a better term than, than we were tonight. But I don't think we could have played it a, another way. I think taking into account the length of the campaign, the opposition that we had, um, it was all geared towards, you know, uh, a kind of either a smash and grab or sort of playing, you know, off the the, the, um, the centre house and getting our opportunities there. So for, for me, no, I, I can understand that argument because ultimately, you know, are you doing yourselves too much of a discredit by saying, well, actually, you're a little bit better than that, than setting up in that way? And it looks like it was very much back against the walls, which it was. And I guess you can look at it in one sense. It kind of looked like we were the lucky underdogs, you know, in an FA Cup team, again, you know, looking to do a giant killing feat. Whereas, you know, we are better than that. However, I think taking into account the opposition, the way in which we play, um, I'm not going to be too critical of this this game and, and the way it panned out. Because I just think ultimately it was part of the fact that we didn't, we just it was a bridge too far for us tonight. And I think if we were perhaps a little bit more expansive, then we could have made um, allies even more difficult than it was.
1: George, let's talk some positives, because Bolly once again, had a terrific performance.
0: Yeah. Would you I say? Mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think um, the whole back... I think, well, let's put it, you know, I think the the team defended well on the whole, really. And um, I think Bolly was, you know, one... Pretty much every header, um, I thought Cody was great. So you know, special mention to Van I thought he was brilliant, and I know there was a lot of, um, I suppose a lot of, a lot of um, uneasy Wolves fans on Twitter pre-game thinking shit is going to get exposed because he did get a bit of a roasting against Olympiacos. Um but I thought he was superb tonight, and he couldn't have done any more really. Um, just to go back on sort of the last point, I feel like. Um, we we could I feel like we could have possibly done a bit more in the game, or you know we could have approached if we'd have approached the game in a different game. It's very you know in a different style. um, It's that sort of you know I suppose a what if moment really. But we could have opened up what we could have started three four three today and lost four um, nil. You know I I did feel like it was right to go three five two today, and I feel like. I feel like we'd sort of lost our way a little bit when we did revert to 3-4-3 if I'm honest with you. Um but yeah, like I say sort of defensively though, I thought we were brilliant and it's just a sucker punch to concede so late and uh if you concede that late it, you've got you've got no way of getting back into the game really. So it's just you know real real kicking in the nuts really but uh, <laughs> I suppose it's gone now and we have to look forward to next season.
1: I want to talk about uh, Troy Aure, because obviously apart from the fantastic what he did to get the penalty, I kind of just felt like he didn't really offer anything else in the game. And I think we, we've seen a little trend with this in the last few games where teams have figured it him out. What did we think of Troy Aure's performance? And do we think we've reached a point, if he's still here next season, because if Twitter's to believe the squad's been dismantled and we're getting relegated to, to League One next week, do we... Do we think that we've now got to look at a different... Troy's going to look at a different angle. We've got to try and utilise him in a different way, not just put him on the wing, hug that right touch line and just hope, drift a ball into the box hoping that Jimenez is going to latch onto it. What do people think of Troy tonight and going forward? I
0: don't know if... I don't know if he's got it in his game, if I'm honest with you. Um, I think he's gone leaps and bounds at walls, and, you know, he's a fantastic... You know, he does... He's got one trick, but he does it bloody well, <laughs> in terms of the analogy. And, you know, you can't stop him as soon as he gets the ball on and puts the ball in. But for the penalty, he was superb, um, you know, just picked up the ball, drove with it and just ran with it. And, uh, you know, you can't stop him like that. He always seems, when he's got a decision to make, all those decision-making is getting better. I still think even today, you know, in the first half, I remember, you know, there was two on two and I had a bit of a lazy ball to Jimenez. And I would He's not a one-trick pony by any stretch of the imagination, but I do feel that as a football, watching him as like you know, as a footballing brain and how he can evolve his game more. I'm not sure if he's got more layers to his game to bring. If that makes sense, like I say, I think he, what he does is fantastic, and I, he's better, I do think he's better at wide than centrally today, uh, as he's played today, should I say? But um, yeah, for me, I, I don't see how he how he brings these like, new like assets to his game. If anyone could get out of him, you know it's going to be Nuno. Um, but for me, I think possibly or probably not, in my opinion.
1: There's some great lightning behind Jordan when he was talking there. It was proper lighting up. I keep looking outside thinking, <laughs> is it here? Is it yeah, here? Uh, Adam what do you think? Uh, Troy or Ray, I, I, I don't want this to become like an immediate post-match uh, thing that they traditionally are, uh, but do you think that perhaps... If the money's right, do you
2: cash in? I mean, first off, I think when the team come out, we we, we know, we've got a body of evidence to show that playing Traore up front doesn't really work. And uh, I guess if he's going to play three-five-two like he did uh, tonight and he wants to play Traore, that's the only place he can play. Up front, because mm. he's he's not going to obviously he's going to play Doherty right wing back. So there's no there's no spot for for Troy Ray there. So unless we play three four three, the only way that he can play is up front. But unfortunately, we don't see the the best of him when we play up front. And this this was yet another game to add to the other exhibits of where you know we don't we don't really see him that much in in games where he's playing up front. He, yes, he had that the the, the, the burst. Which he won the penalty from, but as you say, Dave. After that, you're kind of thinking, well, what, what else, what else did did he really do? Um. So I think if we if we continue to play him in, in the position where we we know we can get the most of him, then we'll continue to reap the benefits of it. Um. Because yes, other teams might put two or three men on him, but that just creates space elsewhere, so we can use that to our advantage. I just I just don't. I thought a bit of a waste of his talents tonight to put him to put him up front. Um, as far as your question goes about do we do we sell him if the offers right? Well, I would I would hope us not to sell him. To be honest, because if we can all see of what of what he brings, but I guess you know. We, you can never tell because we've got we're owned by own investment company. So if the offer is right, then they might well sell. But the same goes for any other player. To be honest, not just not, not just Traore, but um, if you are playing playing to be strengths, then you know we'll we'll see we'll get to see improved more next season.
1: Right, how about you? Is it Adama Ha or Adama Na? That doesn't work, but I, I tried to think of something.
3: We go with Ha, but yeah, I, but, but for me, I think you could be. Easily drawn into the fact that he's just had two average games, and then suddenly make a an argument that oh he's been found out or he hasn't got another gear. Whereas within the context of the season, he's had a very successful season and he has been effective. Effective. Um, I take the point in terms of you know his natural position and and perhaps we we feel a lot of his natural strengths aren't utilized when he's up top you know because you want to see him as he did for the um the penalty um sort of going from pace and, and you know in our half as such and you know but no i i i, I wouldn't he wouldn't be a player i would look to sell because i don't think we've hit the ceiling with adama and i think yeah he will find ways, as he has done today, to change in this game and adapt him. But I, I, I think there could be an argument that we're drawing too much into two games where he's come up against um, you know, some very good defences. Um, but on the same token, we've seen him come up against some of the Champions League uh, defences and, and run riots. So for, for me, you persist and I've got faith that he can find different solutions to use a nunoism to um to still be successful for us. So I, I just think it's two average performances but I take the point that, that there's certainly a question mark over if he's playing up, up front in that position, that he's not as effective as he would be playing elsewhere. But I think he's still such a talent
1: to have that you've got to keep in him within the ranks. Just saw a flash of lightning lightning in Rye's window. So make sure you count it before the rumbles. Then we know how many miles.
3: Jordan's backdrop with the lightning, and I know this doesn't work because it's an audio presentation, but just to people listening... He could be in Bangkok here because you know, it looks like he's <laughs> got a tropical storm. It looks like he's got a tuk-tuk in the background. Um, it does actually. It, it does. Uh, And he's got. No, is, is, it, is that like a wicker um, effect on the
0: rim? Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's a bit of bamboo as well. A bit yeah. of bamboo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, it is a tuk-tuk. It's actually a bar as well. So. It's, uh, meets Clark, grand designs. So. designs. Yeah, George Clark, amazing spaces. I think. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I was going to to sit outside and do my bit in the garden, but I didn't want to be zapped (laughs) while I was outside, to be honest.
1: Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you, you love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website, I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at Media? Um, we'll do a kind of a bit of a summary of our kind of memories from this um, historic Europa League campaign for us. But just to wrap up the Sevilla bit, out now, out of the quarterfinal stage. Kind of a question for all, really. Again, do you think when the dust settles and we've had a sleep and we think back on this game, do you think we will look back at this game as a? we just went as far as we could go? Or do you think there may be a feeling of there was still an opportunity there and perhaps we didn't take it?
0: Or a bit of both? For me, I'm sort of, and again, I've got to sleep on it. For me at the moment, watching it back, or, you know, watching that game, the way we've set up, um, it's it's the 88th minute goal, isn't it? Like if we could see conceded within the first 10 minutes and we lost 1-0, you could sort of go, ah. Oh, just wasn't meant to be but it's the fact that it's just the signal really the 88th minute and now we're out of it in hindsight if we'd have just you know, thrown caution to the wind from minute one and just you know as a boxing reference you know just trade blow for blow and see what happens you never know what could happen like I say we could have quite easily lost 4 5 nil.
1: could have put Oscar Burr up front giving it a try
0: yeah that was the one thing I well again we again in hindsight we never got any you know we never had the ball after we conceded, but even then, I'd have thought either of, you know Campana might have come on three a token you know, I thought we might have just shoved them all on, but uh say something just, about Campana. broke the rules make like all yeah, the subs destroy <laughs> yeah, on the
2: guard up front yeah uh, uh,
0: come we I, do a david james uh <laughs> yeah Target, i think it, but, um it, it, that was the thing, yeah, I think that. In hindsight, I'm sitting here now feeling a bit deflated by the result, just because of the manner of the defeat, I think, and being so late. But, like I say, I think when you look back at it, you know, a week from now or whenever, you know, you can look back on it with loads of fond memories. So, yeah, maybe it's just a step too far.
1: And I think one of the, um, the things about that game, and it's summed up in one of Nuno's post-match comments here, is probably that, that strength in depth. We didn't have, yes, OK, we didn't have Johnny because of injury and Poland because of that silly yellow card now. But post-game, Nuno said, we need players that can make us stronger, no doubt about it. And perhaps kind of a sign there to the board to say, yes, we've got some fantastic kids on the bench, but if you want us to go further, it's now the quality and depth. Uh, Ad, what do you think? I mean, kind of a two-part again, you're, do you think it will just be a, you know, that's how far we went? And also, do you think that's what we need now? Is that quality?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's too probably, it's too raw at the minute after the the results. But because right now I'm thinking, you know, fair's fair. We've we've got deep into the competition and we've come up against um, a really tough side and we've lost. Then I'll probably wake up tomorrow and I'll start thinking about the penalty and where was VAR with the penalty and, and the tactics. And I'll think maybe it was a missed opportunity after all. Cause I'm very indecisive about that, you see. So I'll be flicking between the, between the two, probably for the next week, thinking, oh, no, do you know what, it's a fair cup. And I'll be thinking, actually, no, we could have we could have made, made, made more of it. But I think as far as the debut season in Europe goes, and the fact that we started right at the very beginning to get all the way through to the quarterfinals with our squad, I think it is a. I think it is a good achievement. I'm not. That's not to say that we could have gone further, but to get to where we've got to, um, and against who we played against, I think it's it's a good achievement. It's obviously a bit of a sickener that you know. I think as Cody mentioned after the the game that we've we've got more points than we have last season, but we're we're not in Europe next season. That's unfortunately how the cookies crumbled this season. So we're going to have to we're going to have to deal with that and get on with it. But I think we've had a good campaign in Europe as, as far as players goes. Yeah, there's a few areas where we need to strengthen. That. And I don't think you know, many people will be in disagreement that we'll need another option up front. For Raul, I know it's, it's a conundrum because it's like the old Harry Kane Spurs scenario. What player do you want to buy who's going to come and sit on the bench straight away? But it does something that needs to be addressed. Um, and we do need another centre midfielder as well because as much as like, Martinho is the fine red wine, the goat, as I've said before, he's, he's not going to be the future of the club, unfortunately. He's turning 34 next month, I think. So we're going to need someone of similar quality but a vastly younger age unfortunately to go forward and then you know potentially another option in in defence as well so there's three key areas just just basically that spine of the team that that needs looking at and, and i know i think jeff she said before that he wants um young players involved so there will, there will need to be a balance but as you have said if we want to make Progress and, and rapidly, as some players will want. Some players will want to get straight back into Europe. We're going to have to start looking at getting some getting some actual names in, uh, rather than sort of kind of spending uh, littler amounts on players with potential and, and giving them a couple of years. We're going to need instant product now.
1: Right, wrap up the severe bit for us. Leave this section on a positive note, or not. You know, it's up to you.
3: Uh, in, in, in summary, as the guys have said, you know, we are reactionary because we're, we're literally recording this, you know, on the evening of the um, the game. So I think the answer to, you know, if we could or could have, should have done more, it's automatic. So for me, I, I've got no complaints because I feel that we've kind of finished where we are right now. Um, the bigger question, I think it's going to be a bookmark moment because we can't offer some players who... who um, Obviously, we're we'll wanting to play European football next year. That 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 opportunity because of our, our league place and not progressing in this competition. So that that may change things. And and yeah, we we need to strengthen. I looked at the bench and I didn't think there was enough options there to to change a game. So we need to strengthen centre centre half, absolutely midfielder and, and striker key areas, and arguably another another fallback as well. Um, so in terms of the, the game. <laughs> Yes, we can look at what ifs and maybes, and we can look at referees' decisions. But I think, on the context of the Severe and European season, um, I, you know, I'd be hard pressed to be too critical. I think with what they've had to contend with, Um, I'm relatively pleased with with how they've done in Europe this year.
1: So let's gents finish off this, not only this episode, but our last European episode of the season for uh, Wandering to gdansk cologne You know, from Crusades all the way to Ireland, where we where we played Crusaders and we had to play in, against Punic and Torino and then the group stages. And now we've been in Germany because obviously everything's been happening. It's been a fantastic adventure and an experience especially for myself of a generation like all of us really that have we never experienced European football that you know came from a generation before we we probably never thought that this would happen you know I remember like many of us in the 90s as a kid playing football manager you get to Europe and you just think it's that isn't it it's just going to be a little dream that you play on your computer and that reality for your actual team is probably never going to happen so kind of an open floor gents what have you all been your kind of highlights and the things you'll take away from this, this campaign? Things you'll probably remember for ages now from what was this first, in our generation, uh, European campaign. I think for me, the, the, the one that sticks
3: out, there, there are a number, so I'll let the guys obviously choose their own or it may match mine. But the one that comes to mind, because I thought it was a real defining week, was uh, Basita's away, you know, Willy Bolly scoring yep. injury time. You know, in 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 historically, a club who's an iconic European club and has got a great track record against English size, to, to go and win away at that ground, I thought, was a massive achievement. And that week, I believe, we then went to beat Man City as well. So that, for me, was a, one of the sort of pinch moments, I guess, when you're beating the size of that calibre, that you're used to just seeing, as, as Dave says, on the TV. So that would be one of the big moments for me that i would i would take where there are others but yeah that that to me i thought was a big moment where um it
1: it kind of resonated with me that this is kind of a big deal uh adam and george any kind of particular highlights i know i'm going to mention about something about batista in a bit but um, for you two any kind of big moment you think i'm always going to remember that, that that made me very happy
0: No, I think uh, Basik Tas for me as well was a standout game, I think. It was almost like a mini turning point of our season as well, wasn't it? Like Hoops just alluded to there about that week where obviously we beat Basik Tass and went to Man City away and beat them 2-0 because at that point it was we were almost fairly, um, in the um, the storyline of, oh you know, Burnley struggled last year with it all. Now look at little old Wolves struggling to play Thursday, Sunday because we didn't obviously start the season that well. Um funny story for me, though, from it all, was actually going back to that Crusaders game, um, the home game, because, first of all, I just remember it being absolutely bloody hot. Yeah. And just sitting there, like, <laughs> just, what is this? It was just so hot. And it, it had that sort of pre-season <clears throat> vibe to it, because, you know, we were complete and utter levels above Crusaders, and that, that's no disrespect to, you know, meant for the you know for Crusaders as a team. But, obviously, we only scored the second goal, like, within, the, like, the 94th minute. And all game, I had this... Um, guys sat next to me who just you know we've all experienced it. The football just spoke absolute waffle, and all game he kept he just kept tapping me. He goes, bloody hell, these are a good team. These are, aren't they? And I thought I just kept going, oh yeah, yeah. And my, I thought, well, they haven't even got out of their eighteen-yard box for like eighty-five minutes. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, they'll they'll turn us over next week. These will on a plastic pitch. And I was like, I said Do you what? And he goes, oh, these are knocks out, these are these are a good team. I thought, are you watching the same game as me? And it was hot. I was annoyed. I thought, Jesus Christ. And obviously, once we scored the second goal, I went, hey, I think we're through now. And Matty goes, yeah, we needed that one. I think, you know, two goals might just be enough. I'm like, bloody hell. So God knows what he thinks about tonight. We <laughs> 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 probably too, well, went too far, you know, after Crusaders. So let alone now. Hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, some good stories, good memories. And, uh, you know, obviously going up and watching Under the floodlights with friends. Never done that ever in my lifetime. Um, In Europe, that is. Um, So yeah, just look like I say, look look back on this European adventure fondly, and hopefully, we're back in it within you know twelve months' time, and um, we can kick forward and try and make it, you know, go even further.
1: Ad, how about you? Kind of your standout memory from from this European campaign?
2: Yeah, I mean, firstly, the the playoff round against Torino, I think was quite a big deal for us, wasn't it? Because um, of all the sides that we could have draw drew. at that point, uh, we all viewed Torino as quite um, a difficult task, really. And they've got quite a few decent players, including like Andrea Belotti, was all worried about. And uh, we all saw it. That was, that was a bit of a monumental moment when, when we beat those over two legs. Um, just just a great occasion to so, say, right, well, we've arrived now. We're here. We're actually in the Europa League proper. We've, we've made it because obviously it would have been a bit of an anticlimax had we got knocked out of the playoff rounds. Um, and then personally for me obviously the memory I actually going to Braga in the group stage was um, obviously two very very wet days in northern Portugal Um unfortunately I think I only took one pair of socks which got wet after the first day um, so that wasn't great but just the memory of actually taking in my first ever european away day with wolves it was fantastic um the the weather did quite literally dampen it a little bit but you can't it can't take away from the memories of i remember when we got our tickets you know we went up to the main square in braga and it was kind of what you always see on the the, the telly through which countless other clubs have had where they take over a square and it's just all the flags of that team in the square and there's everyone is got the beers out singing dancing i just just seeing that and it was all wolves flags was just it was just great that's when it finally really hit you know that we're we're in europe and we we get to do this now it's our it's our turn you know we get to have these fantastic european away days and take over you know part of a of a european town and make it our own for two days and spend loads of money buying beer so it was just great it was, it was a, great, a great couple of days that was my, my one memory I'll take away for this year it's a shame we won't get to do it again next year but um, it'll just make the next one that we do even more sweeter because we have to wait a, bit, a little bit longer for it
1: I'm sure Wolverhampton's twin with Braga now after that sure we've uplifted
2: their economy yeah. <laughs> briefly with all the, all the better money we spent on Superbox uh,
1: yeah, I, I just remember um, the Basictas game again. I know we talked about it on the 400th episode, but I remember going to, to my and Dads to watch it with my dad um, and just sitting there and just thinking, I'm watching Wolves playing Basictas away in a proper European game. It's not a friendly. This is a proper competitive game, and I can't believe I'm, I'm actually watching this and this has happened. And that was great. And obviously winning in a did at the last minute with Bolly was great to say that we've won that game competitively. Um, but I just think that's a memory I'll always have, knowing that... And look, you know, I think where the side's going as well, you would think that this is hopefully the journey we're going to have. We're hoping we're going to have more of these kind of adventures. And I was unlucky for next season, we won't have it. Um, and there's different arguments about that, which we'll talk about on the end season podcast. But I think just, it, sound, it feels like we've, we've had a taste of it now and the club have had their taste, and it's something that we should be achieving in seasons to come, these European adventures. Maybe the Champions League? Maybe? Hmm?
2: I think no. it's also um, it, it's a typical Wolves look as well. It's, it's a shame that we have had part of this also where we've not been able to go to it as well, which is, mm. which is a bit of a shame. Our first European adventure in, what, 40 years, was it? 50 years since the 70s, you know? And... Um, you know, we've had trips to Greece and and Seville taken away from us, which is a shame, obviously. And then, there's nothing, nothing we can do about that as well. But, um, like I said before, it'll just make... Then, you know, when we get into it again next, it'll just make it even more sweeter now that we've just got to wait that little bit longer for it.
1: Uh, George, I need a lightning update. Any more lightning at your end?
2: Yeah, a f- fair few
0: lightning. No thunder, though. So, uh yeah, I'm not. Getting, I'm not getting rained on, and it's not very close. So, thanks for the go. update, George. Good, <laughs> no good <problem>. updates <laughs>
1: Right, and I think we'll leave it there, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for listening not only to this episode but all our European um, episodes throughout the season. And you can get. You can listen basically back to them in the archives, very different perspectives uh, from all of our games, on the match report, audio post-game about what it was like, what it sounded like to be at those games. And also in de- insight into some of the teams we've spoken to from expert analysis in football as well. So just look... Throw out our archives for our Wonderland Ticket Dance or Cologne episodes and you'll find us there. And we're still not finished with the podcast because that means we'll be doing that end of season podcast, very belated end of season podcast. We'll be summing up the whole season and assessing not only how we got on, but we'll be looking to the summer ahead to see what we'll need to do next season to have another charge not only in the Premier League, but also to get a European spot again for the following season. <laughs> Jen, thank you very much. I know it's been a deflating result, but I think we can all agree it's been a fantastic European campaign. And we look forward to more. So for this hot, sticky evening where none of us are going to go to sleep and constantly turn over to the cool pillow. That's one of my best things. Can we get the cool pillow? Yes.
2: Are you putting the pillow in the fridge? Or the freezer.
1: I don't, know. I, don't, I, I don't know if there's enough room to squeeze it in. I've done, I've done a <laughs> shop, so there might not. Unless I want to get a bit of like milk on there or something. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, anyway, gents, for tonight, thank you very much. It's bye from Rye Bye. Bye from George.
2: Goodbye, everyone.
1: Bye from Ed. LV Design. And it's bye from me. I'll see you next time.